Padres, come out and play. And welcome to another episode of the Deep Fryer Podcast. As always, my name is Javier. I'm your host. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at OMFG Atav. Once again, that is OMFG. It's J-A-V. Don't forget to follow the podcast on Instagram at the Deep Fryer Podcast, where we are interacting with you on a regular basis. Show us some love, and we will show you some love back. Now, I know what you guys are thinking. Javi, you haven't talked about the six home run game that we had on Sunday. Javi, you haven't talked about the series breakdown with the Dodgers. It is 1.13 p.m. on August 12, 2020, and the Padres are up 3-2 on the season versus the Dodgers after winning the first two games of this four-game series. Javi. What is going on? And I will tell you what is going on. As much as I love the six home run game, we broke our franchise record, most home runs in a single game. As much as I love, love just giving it to the Dodgers. And it's this rivalry rivalry is heating up. I want to talk about that. I will talk about that when this series is over. Just to get a full recap. What I do want to talk about today. I want to talk about two people. I'm going to spend more time on one than the other. But at the same tip, I want to make sure that we talk about both. And the first, you know him. You love him. Fernando Tatis Jr. My guy and second making a very good case for rookie of the year jake cronenworth let's get into it Okay, so in my left hand, I have a 1983 Tony Gwynn rookie card. In my right hand, I have a 2019 Fernando Tatis rookie card. Both of these are graded. My Tony Gwynn is a PSA 8, whereas the 2019, for now that these rookie card, is a PSA 10. Why am I starting off today's podcast or conversation around for now that these with 
Tony Gwynn. And by no means is my intention here to make any sort of parallel between Fernando Tatis and Tony Gwynn. For one, it's completely unfair to compare Fernando Tatis to Tony Gwynn, Mr. Padre. And it's completely insulting to compare anyone to Mr. Tony Gwynn. But what I am saying is that like Tony Gwynn, I would absolutely love, love for Fernando Tatis. El Nino to spend his entire career as a Padre. Now, we are currently in his sophomore season. And I know it's kind of crazy to start thinking about losing Tatis. I want to keep this guy here as long as possible. I know the economics of baseball from Tony Gwynn's era to what it is now are very different. And players staying on one team, one franchise their entire career is a very, very rare thing to do. And the Padres are definitely not a team that is operating or that has operated under the new economics of baseball. Now, this has changed in the last two, three years. We're spending some money. We're trying to keep players long term. We're committing to players. The franchisee owners are committing to the city of San Diego. They want to bring a championship here. I am confident that the team we have in place has the potential and will bring a championship here to the city of San Diego. I've said this before. We as a city have been deprived of one, of just championship anything, and we are ready. We are behind these guys, and we are ready. We deserve one. And it's great to see that the franchise is committing to that. What I'm fearful of is that as soon as we do, we go 100% sell, and start pawning off our players and maybe not go after another championship for another decade. Now, we are positioned very well to compete pretty much this entire decade with the amount of young talent that we currently have in our farm system and in the league now. We're going to be competitive for a very long time. But we need that these here imagining that these in a different uniform is just crazy to me and it's crazy to think that out of somebody in their sophomore season but like tony gwynn who is synonymous with the padres i think that these at this point has been synonymous with these padres so where am I getting at? I don't want to lose that piece in 2025. I don't want to lose this guy. 
And it might sound crazy, but can we break a record in terms of the longest contract ex- extension ever? 15 years? Just sign this to keep this guy through age 36? Is that possible? Is that something that's realistic? Or is that just my my fanness or my fandom of Padres and Tatis coming through? Is it showing? Is it showing a little too hard right now? I don't care. Here is the landscape as we know the economics of baseball. And what's this, this new trend of buying out arbitration years and just giving rookies extensions. There are two prominent individuals that I want to talk about here and two contract extensions that are relative. So Ronald Acuna Jr. from the Atlanta Braves signed an eight-year, $100 million contract extension with two club options worth $17 million bringing a potential total of that extension to 134 million for a total of 10 years. Now that for a player like Acuña is a steal, a steal for the Braves. So you get him pretty much the entirety of his prime and Acuña gets paid he gets guaranteed money now. If he gets hurt, breaks a leg, rolls an ankle, doesn't fulfill his potential, he wins because he got paid. He got paid early. He gets to walk walk off in the sunset and call it a career with his money. If he absolutely exceeds that contract and and achieves his potential, then it's a huge win for the Braves. Second contract I want to talk about is Luis Robert. I want you guys to keep this in mind. The White Sox gave Luis Robert this contract before he played a single game in Major League Baseball. He got a $50 million contract extension over six years with two club options for 2026 and 2027 that could bring the entire total of that contract up to $88 million for someone who has not played a single, or at that point, had not played a single game in Major League Baseball. These are really club-friendly contracts. These are very player-friendly contracts. So where does Fernando fall within these two? It's definitely not on the lower end. Ronald Acuna is probably the most comparable player to Tatis. Has has some star power of his own. But I think Tatis eclipses him in terms of marketability. In terms of personality. They play different positions. But I think if Tatis had the entire year to play last year and not got hurt, he would have been potentially the rookie of the year. If he was as well-rounded as he was playing and the way he's playing now, what does his contract look like? A contract extension. Do we give him a guaranteed 10? 
The sky's the limit for this guy. When we talk dollars, just putting a number on this guy's value is insane. And I am glad I'm not in Preller's shoes. So what do we give him? Nine years at 125 with a club option for an additional five more years, six more years. A nine-year contract would put him through age 30. And then if he wanted to, he can test the waters in free agency. Or do we just sign this guy for a cool 15? He's going to make more money off his marketing and sponsorships. I said this on a post on the Instagram page where I think Fernando Tatis Jr. is the most marketable player, young superstar, since another junior, Griffey Jr. When I think about Griffey, I think video game covers, I think candy bars, I think music videos, I think movies, I think Seattle. He defines a franchise for me. And I think that is what Tatis is going to be when I think about a generational gap between Gwyn and Tatis. The next generation is going to look through Tatis and that is going to become the defining player, the defining, the defining individual for this generation and generations to come. Not saying that he's going to eclipse Tony Gwynn, but he's definitely going to be in the conversation as one of the greatest, if not the second greatest Padre to have played the game. So long as his career plays out the way I expect it to. But all signs at this point are pointing to the Hall of Fame. Can the Padres do it? Can ownership do it without crippling the organization? I can tell you, yes. Yes, they can. These TV contracts are insane. The revenue, even the smaller market teams that they make on a regular basis. Now, I'm not an economics expert. And by no means do I have a full understanding of baseball economics. But what I will say is that baseball has become more and more profitable each and every year, even with attendance going down, even with the popularity of the sport going down. But it's going to take someone like Tatis to put the eyes of America back on baseball. Unfortunately, these TV contracts are hurting the game. The tragedy here is that these TV contracts limit the amount of eyes that we can get on our superstars, on your Luis Roberts, on your Acunas, on your Tatises, your Mookie Betts, your Mike Trouts, your Aaron Judge. It's so difficult to just catch a game of baseball of your favorite team, your favorite player. It doesn't matter where you're at in the country. It's so hard. Now, once again, what do we do? Nine-year contract, buy him out through his ten, year 10 season, 
with a club option to get another five years and just retire a Padre? I would hate, hate to see Tatis in a different uniform. My guy just won player of the week. He had a monster week. And he's putting up a great case for MVP of the 2020 COVID season. Which is probably going to be the most memorable season for years to come. We still talk about 1994 and what could have been. This MLB year is going to be remembered. And the MVP of this year is probably going to be the most remembered for years to come. So I guess to finalize my point on Tatis is Mr. A.J. Preller. Just don't blow it. Don't blow it, my guy. I'm just kidding. So I know AJ Preller is actually in talks with Tatis on the extension. And it seems by all the rumor mills that it is going to happen. It's just a matter of how long it's going to be for. What do you guys think? Is it going to be a record-breaking extension? Or is it going to be something along the lines of Acuna's? Regardless, it's going to happen. Hopefully it happens soon. Okay, so in the beginning of the podcast, I said I wanted to talk about two individuals. I'm not going to spend too much time on this guy, but I do want to just emphasize that this guy is having an amazing start to his career. And the whole point of me talking about him now is to start the campaign Cronenworth for Rookie of the Year. My God. Get some. Cronenworth has absolutely crushed this season. He has a .8 war. 36 at-bats. 13 hits. 2 home runs. 361 batting average. 7 runs scored. Four RBIs. He has an on-base percentage at a 378 clip. Slugging 750. Has an OPS of over a thousand. And an OPS plus of 209. The league average is 100. My guy is having himself a year. Full season. COVID season, 160-some-plus games, 60 games, does not matter. The numbers don't lie. How awesome would it be for Nalo Tatis, 2020 MVP, Jake Cronenworth, 2020 Rookie of the Year, Padres, just with the sweep of the awards. And while we're at it, why don't you give Lamette the Cy Young? All right, guys. So that's all the time I have for today. Once again, Cronenworth, Rookie of the Year 2020. Let's start that campaign now. Tatis, MVP 2020. Start that campaign now. The Nelson Lamette, 
Cy Young, start that campaign now. As always, guys, my name is Javier. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at OMFG. It's Hob. Once again, that's OMFG. It's J A V. Don't forget to follow the podcast on Instagram at the Deep Fire Podcast, where we are interacting with you on a regular basis. Show some love, and we're going to show some love back. We got the Dodgers tonight. Let's make it three in a row. Go pods. Talk to you.